Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 115. Yes, and today we are joined by Carlos Kareem Windham, Linda Chavers, and Damian Washington. We are continuing a conversation that we started back in July of 2020 at the height of the protests. It's a really, really important conversation, and we hope you all enjoy. Welcome to season four of the Myelin and Melanin podcast. I'm Dawn. And I'm Dana. We are two Black women sharing our musings on life, MS, and everything in between. You can find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at myelinmelanin. Also, don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. So we are continuing this fabulous conversation that we had back in uh, what was that last summer July July yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah we're just diving in talking about yeah what's changed exactly (laughs) yeah um it's interesting to witness the passion and the fire behind everyone when you know everything with Black Lives Matter and George Floyd and everyone was just yay hurrah hurrah Black Lives Matter screaming painting the 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 I don't know the the streets and murals and yes ripping down to, statues to what yeah to nothing right 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 no to, to and, the impeachment we talk about the impeachment <laughs> right, now. Right. right and Dana you have you were you and I were talking about this amazing quote and I think it really sums up where we are right now yeah so the quote I'm gonna read to you guys is um from the book, The Devil You Know, A Black Power Manifesto by um, Charles Blow. It's really Mm. good so far. But there's a quote that um, really just hit me. I'm gonna read it briefly. It says, the bill stalled as the protests began to dwindle. People were then forced to consider whether many of the people who marched and carried signs were really truly committed to black lives and black liberation, or whether some deprived of rites of passage parties and proms had simply developed a cabin fever to racial a cabin fever racial consciousness using the protests as a congregational outlet treating them like a social justice coachella a systemic racism woodstock yes that is yeah. what we witnessed it's, that is what happened yeah yeah period I, it I was a question. bunch of performance oh yeah go ahead linda Oh no, I was just gonna ask, is that book good? Because when I I saw him talking about it on uh-huh. MSNBC and I was a bit kind of like, it seemed that his premise was about something about, you know, the all all the great black folks left the South. I'm like, what? What are you talking? It, it just it I, I gathered to me, my sense from the book was that this is not a book for us, it's a book for white folks. Mm-hmm. And you I, know, it's, but, I, but I haven't read it, yeah. so I'm wondering what your take. I'm just I'm not far in I'm like literally just on the introduction however what I've read so far yes because what I've read is nothing we don't know you know what I'm saying we we know this and what I read to y'all like is that new no 
but that's the re- you know it it, it really yeah. just frames reality but you make a good point in terms of like is this something that we need to read mm. i mean he's the new york times column you know yeah. I, I was i'm not like bad i was sort of like when yeah, I, yeah. He, he was talking about this the the up south migration but he was talking about it as if it had been like a one-time permanent thing and not as if there's been numerous um renaissances in all black all things black people in the south so i was sort of like huh what is he uh then i realized oh he's he's not talking about us. he's not talking to us he's talking to the white people like yeah. i get it yeah well and and it sounds a bit too like even in talking to white people he is he is presenting um what seems to be a very uh uh I don't know that the analysis that he's offering, I'm, I, I'm trying to understand what it's meant to do, right? Because if it's meant to speak to black folk, um, then how does it? And what yeah. does it offer us except for the idea of feeling defeated and deflated about white people once again? Mm-hmm. And if it's aimed at white folk, you know, shaming people into racial justice is not a thing that has had um, any success. And so then I'm wondering, okay, well, what is, then what are you doing there? And I would offer that while the sentimentality, uh, certainly 100%, I feel that factually and statistically that that's kind of bullshit because- (laughs) White folks were the ones who were also, in many cases, during these protests at the front lines. And I'm saying this from Portland, right? I'm saying this from a city in which, you know, folks were being shot in the face at the request of Mm -hmm. the AG because of Donald Trump, right? Right. And the white people had, not all, there are some uh, white people who acted in the whitest of white ways, all right? (laughs) And I am absolutely talking about the seahorses here. Okay, I'm talking about the exception to the rule. They, 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 it's it's a whole different thing. And I know we're talking about water. Okay, mm. so I don't mean to try to, this is not some blanket to excuse white folks to say that Mr. Blow is wrong. Okay, but what I am wondering is when, and, and, I'm, and I'm wondering it because, because I'm wondering it myself as well. All right, this is again about me because anything I say is going to be about me. But also, <laughs> it, it does bring that question forward, right? Like, well, what, what is it that we're trying to actually ignite? Or are we trying to ignite anything? Because yeah. to me, where, what is the call? Then what is the call to action, right? And, and I agree with Linda, because the reality is that if you want to talk about the South in any kind of uh, uh way that is disregarding of what's happening there right now duke university is the center uh, right. point of 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 what is happening in in racial scholarship right now so where where the is the south the right. activism of the south is the 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 there are if you're going to do national level action around race how are you going to do it and not be in the south I don't I, understand yes. what. The, so that's to me, it just be. raises some questions more. Than, and, and they're good questions. And he's a, he's a brilliant writer. I, again, mm-hmm. I don't want anyone like getting in my menchies and saying I was shitting all over Charles Blow. That's not it. 
but I have questions. He blocked me on Twitter years ago. Here- Here's the. <laughs> you said he blocked you on Twitter. Oh, well. years ago, because I asked him. I, what you I, said? Because you asked some questions. I don't even remember. I was. He was going back and forth with a a, a friend of mine. That they were having it out. I was back. I was supporting her point, and therefore, and then he blocked his vote. So I was like, all right. Oh, oh he was arguing with two black women, and then just blocked him, huh? Yep. Yeah, that's, wow. that's so weird. That's so strange. That never happens. <laughs> I know. It's really annoying when it's actually writers I respect in terms of their craft. So again, like I, I'm glad that you're reading it because I want to hear about yeah. it. And, like, well, yeah, I'm gonna yes. and I'm gonna be totally honest too about why what compelled me to read it. So after his dedication of the book, he has uh you know, my man, JB, James Baldwin, he has a quote from um, I'm not your Negro or what was presented in I'm not your Negro. And when you mention a discussion of the South, um, I think this quote kind of puts it into context. So the quote again, after the dedication, it says, for a Negro, there is no difference between the North and the South. Mm -hmm. There's just a difference in the way Ah, they castrate you. But the fact of the castration is the American fact, James Baldwin. So, um, yeah, that so, works. you know, yes. full disclosure, that quote is what made me like, oh, James, well, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to mm-hmm. kind of, yeah. you know, get the context from where he's coming. So, oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But That's I'll, yeah, quote. yeah. You know, moving away from that book, did you, and I, I I know that there were several articles written after George Floyd's killing. Mm -hmm. Um, And this New York Times article, The End of Black Politics, it talks about Black leaders, Black leadership, and how Mm -hmm. they, the title is The End of Black Politics. Black leaders regularly fail to rise to challenges, challenges that confront young people. And just from the, it's a great article. It's written very well, but I I just have so many issues right now with what's happening. For example, it says here, like right in the beginning, young black people have exploded in rebellion over the grotesque killing of George Floyd. We are now witnessing the broadest protest movement in American history. And yet the response of black elected officials has been cautious and uninspired. So taking all of what you all are saying and like putting it into right now in the present day, like watching the unrest with the Capitol and the riots and everything, where are the, where is the leadership? Where, why are people just silent? Why is black leadership silent? Why are we sitting back in some sort of debate? Why aren't they standing up saying, no, if this was (laughs) my cousin Ray and, and, and Shauna up here fighting, they would have been dead. Why are we debating this? Um, and, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. no, go ahead. I I read that article and I agreed with every single thing it said. And I think that my response won't be a good one though, which is like I, the leadership isn't the, the, those folks, including myself, I will say. It, it is those kids. They are the actual leadership. And I recently, since the article resonated with me a lot because since January 6th, I found myself really, um, really disappointed with my, my, where I live and work, my leadership's response or lack thereof at the, at the highest of levels. Mm -hmm. And 
it confirmed a lot of things for me. And, I, you know, I was both mad at myself for, I was mad at myself for even hoping that, that there would be some sort of response, but, and there wasn't. But nevertheless, it made me realize that um, it's, all, it's also my review year. So I'm up for, you know, my contract to be renewed. And I was getting, and I was getting sloppy in some parts of my like actual job where I, my actual duties are. And I realized I need to step back from more of the causes I care about, such as like equity and inclusion on campuses, because that's not an actual job. And I, I'm hitting so many walls and it's affecting me and therefore affecting my performance. So I say all that to say the article resonated with me because it made me think so much about so many older black folks I used to judge who were in positions like mine or in public service roles who just seemed to be quiet and sitting back. And I thought, and I'm, I'm 38 and I thought to myself, oh, I get it. They're tired. They're fucking tired and they've hit so many walls and maybe they are doing, they were doing some good works on the side, but they're, they're, they're not being loud anymore because mm -hmm. it's exhausting. So I'm not saying for public service, it's a little different because that's your actual job. But I think for a lot of us, I, it's, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. So I, sorry, that's my dog. Biggie, stop it. Um, <laughs> he's whining. Linda Chambers loves her dog, y'all. I do. <laughs> he's, he's spoiled right now. So I just, it resonated a lot with me about it's the leadership is is the young it is those young folks it's not the people that are assigned leadership capital l maybe they're tired maybe they have too much to lose i think it's a combination of both but it well, works in in tandem i'm sorry it works in tandem with what charles blow was saying that yeah okay so black leadership they're tired i get it they're they're silent right now in my opinion yeah. but then was this some sort of, you know, Coachella, you know what I mean? Or pro, pro, like, that's what it's seeming like to me because nobody is, is speaking black out. leadership though? That's the question I, that, that keeps I coming know. to me when people say shit like this, right? I'm like, yeah. who's this mythical black leadership? Yeah. Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson, one of them two. <laughs> right? <laughs> and Double Dutch. And like, they get Tawana Brawley together. And then they all do the, 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 the triple on the Double Dutch. Come on, son. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> which... <laughs> which like like documented abuser are they going to roll out in front of us and tell us his leadership this time? Maxine, Auntie Maxine uh, is I doing see. the shit. The young yeah. people are doing the shit. And 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 honestly, for me, it 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 is um hmm, a stone in my shoe a bit to see it as a a young people's Coachella, what was essentially the broadest global protest ever to take place on this planet in our lifetimes. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Shit got fucked up. Shit is being changed. Now, the politicians are doing it the way that they do it, which is slow as molasses. It's useless. That's not where the change happens. Change happens in the streets. Change happens when you pressure those politicians. But to think of them as leadership, right? And then for us to somehow sit around on our hands and be like, well, why aren't they doing boopity boopity boop boops? Mm. Like, I don't, why? Well, I don't expect for anybody who is in their late 70s to be doing anything for me right now. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
Yep. It's just not on my list of things I'm looking for from them. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm looking for like, okay, well, what is the, what is the uh, cut of pants that should be retired now? That's the question for them. Why yeah. are you still wearing boot cuts? That's the question for them. <laughs> What's with that Windsor tie? That's the question. For, but like, in, will you be held accountable for the, for your, the things that you have done? in the past that have directly harmed the community by directly harming black folks in the community. Those are the questions that come to my mind, right? And again, this idea that somehow, even even this idea of black leadership, even that, right? It assumes that there is some leadership that is exclusive to black interest in black speaking as though we are not humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, 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 I don't know that in 2021, it serves us collectively to look for leadership when what we're facing is structural, right? In right. the same way, it's like, we can go get Donald Trump. Okay, great. What'd that fix? Right, right. Right, like Lindsey Graham gone, so what? What's better? Yeah. They got the House and the Senate. What's better? Right? So it's like at this point, thinking about white folks' descriptions of what leadership ought to be and taking that as some kind of prescription seems very, very dangerous and like the same medicine that they've been feeding us for a very long time. Right? There was a time when we talked about cross-cultural and multicultural uh, action and groups and not in some, let's get some kids on the brochure of your college application way, right? Real as let's get some liberatory forces together, understanding that we are a proletariat fighting against what is essentially an aristocracy that will do whatever it can and manipulate any idea, including the ideas of race, class, and gender in order for them to keep their power. And so when we get into this idea of there's going to be just black leadership. Yeah. I don't know that that serves us in becoming a rhizome that can lead to revolution. Do you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That we, we will be showing some level of interdependence. Now, white folks are crazy. That don't mean that we got to just be inviting white folks all over the place. But, you know, in our own thinking, it seems like we have to expand beyond the limitations of the scope that they give us if we're going to find the answers, because we are the answer if we're the question, right? Yeah, I really want that, though. The question. Do we want revolution? No. Who don't? I'm just saying, like, I'm saying (laughs) on a societal level, I don't believe we do. We're too comfortable. I we've been, we've been. I don't know this new this new depression. What what is revolution though? So that's where I'm like, okay, because I talk about this with my students. Mm -hmm. I'm not. We need to articulate what said revolution is. Then we will say whether we want it or not. Ah. Because I I bet even in this conversation, Mm -hmm. it means five different things. Mm-hmm. absolutely yeah absolutely and the outcomes thereof right and it right. may not mean five different things it may mean one thing you know i don't know 
like because I'm just looking at Octa- Auntie Octavia as the guide and, and Uncle James is <laughs> the guide. I'm like, uh, um, Earth Seed, let's go. There it is. And I think people need to, you know, pop open the fire next time, James Baldwin, again, because mm-hmm. when we're talking about, first of all, revolution is change and it's going to make you uncomfortable. We don't want to be uncomfortable. And when I say we, I'm not talking about us on the call. Right, I'm talking right. about us on a societal level. We don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't. No, and that's proven. That has been proven. I mean, we were we were militant in the mm-hmm. 70s. We were we were strong in black power and afros fists up back then, but then when, you know, Jimmy Carter comes in and then we get very comfortable, we get um, you know, Bill Clinton coming in, mm-hmm. playing his uh, saxophone and, you know, black people get some money. Right. And, you know, we get very, very comfortable, but don't even recognize that this 94 crime bill is being signed. And then everything turns to shit at that point mm-hmm. for, for black men and black women. Uh, and I, I agree with you. The, the people want to be comfortable. Black folks love being in their comfort zone. I don't, mm-hmm. I think they have lost the fight but i think you said earlier carlos it's the younger people that are like kind of fueling this and Mm -hmm. if i were to say we had leaders or if i weren't wanted to use that term or what what have you leaders with the capital l it would be the youth it would be the young people it would be like um the richie torres in congress right now the newest congress member for elected from new york um and or AOC or uh, yeah. Ayanna Presley, you know what I mean? Like these are people who I would say, all right, I'm going to listen to what they have to say because it's not just rhetoric; it's not just you know mm-hmm. things that they are they want us to to hear. They're they're actually they're putting yeah. things into action. What they're saying, they're doing, and that's what I love about the youth for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I forgot my my point. I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot where I was going. Sometimes, sometimes it just get good to you. You know, sometimes it just get good to you. Yeah, but I, I love that. Like, what is revolution? What, what is that for us in this day and age? Was it this this extreme global protest after the the George Floyd killing? What, you know, is that, is that sparking some sort of new revolution? I don't know. It just seems like everything has died down now. It has, you know, I'm just thinking back and on a very like superficial fluff, like a fluff level. um, Okay. Let's amplify black voices. Let's support black businesses, blah, blah, blah. All that shit is stopped. Period. Like people have forgotten what they claim their intentions were again to amplify black voices etc that is not happening anymore these companies who put out these really performative you know statements what they want to do you know black yeah. lives this and the other it has stopped yep. it just has and that's um, my thing i'd rather you just didn't i like yes. I need consistency i just need consistency Stay, stay mute, stay silent. Yes. Don't, don't speak up when it's cute and popular and then like cute and popular in the summer and then an insurrection happens and it's crickets. Uh-huh. Like, I don't, I don't need that. Exactly. It's, it's worse than a shitty boyfriend. Like, just please, please <laughs> be consistent mm-hmm. in your mediocrity. 
Well, it is consistent though, right? That's, I think that's part of what isn't being discussed right now is that it's incredibly consistent to talk about again. And I, 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 I wish I could let it go, but I can't because it's, you know, I can't, I'm, it's just, I can't. The idea, right, that we are examining anything about any level of blackness, black leadership, black uh, elders, black youngers, black whatever, as somehow being the problem, black people too comfortable, black people too this, black people, fuck all that. That's all out for me. The problem is white people, period. (laughs) Yep. Okay, the problem is whiteness, period. And those are two different things. The system of whiteness is one in which they must elevate the question of blackness as the theoretical problem of this country. They've been doing that since Jefferson. We are not the fucking problem. We are not the problem. The system is the problem. And when we start talking about, well, what does a revolution look like? And then hoping that some congressperson is ever going to be it. It's not. You can't have a revolution from inside of the stomach of the lion that said it's going to eat you. That's right. That's not, that ain't it. That's it. Say one more time. I said, you're lucky that you've got Obama. That wasn't luck. That That wasn't luck. And that's even what I'm saying. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) That was what they were, they told us. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I well, keep you know, out to folks, when you can point things out on one hand, when you're counting mm-hmm. shit out, that is that means you're proving the rule because you're citing the exceptions. That that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And the reason that they're not looking at it now is because what they would have to do, and the reason that they're not going to convict this motherfucker right now, is because what they would have to do is to actually look at the rule. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They would exactly. have to look at the rule, and mm-hmm. most of them. We're right there along with the insurrection and the idea of it. The fact that maybe they would have lost their lives in it. So what? Yep. Mm-hmm. So what? Whatever they have to do to make sure that black folks, poor white folks do not get the money. Yeah. If they my life got to go too, so what? But they wrote the rule. So how they are don't you care. not? That's what's so mind boggling to me. I'm sitting here watching as this was unfolding, I'm watching it. And I said, this is not happening. This is happening. This is really <laughs> happening. Yeah. And, I, and a voice said to me, it's happening because there was a black face, a melanated face for eight years yeah. with a black woman with a mm. body and mm. two black children. Mm. That's the yeah. only reason why this is happening. Mm. Oh, Yep. I'm actually, I'm, I'm reading his, I'm, um, I'm reading his memoir, Obama's uh, Becoming, it's 700 pages, so it's, which is unnecessary, but you know, he's, he is definitely a true intellectual politician, and that is, he talks about that a bit, and he, something that I think all of us know, but he puts in writing explicitly, is that Mm -hmm just to your point about what we're seeing is because you know he was there for eight years, is that what we're also seeing was born from the Tea Party. Uh, like, you know how we stopped talking about the Tea Party? That's the, yep. it's still the Tea Party. Like we stopped talking about the Tea Party. Right. But the Tea Party was the, was the I don't wanna say origin, but was 
was the you know parent to this and that's and and trump you know fostered that the gop fostered that as well it wasn't like i hate that the impeachment's all about trump because i'm like it ain't trump it ain't about mm-hmm. trump like this is mm-hmm. this is the gop did this y'all yeah. were y'all shouted on the floor of the senate when obama gave his first state of the union liar yep mm-hmm. that, lie. that mm-hmm. was it okay that, right Y'all remember that? Y'all remember yep. that? So, Look, that's why I that said so. Mm. That alone could, could be called a precursor to what we saw January 6th because mm. that was the most disrespectful, yes. violent, you know, like you don't do, that's not what you do, but it happened because like you said, black man giving the State of the Union for the first time. Yep. And, and, in a lot of ways, cool. you could see your man in the moment. He don't do it, but he's like, oh, so it's like that now. But and this uh, might be really extreme. It, it, it might be, but them not Mitch McConnell and all those his cronies saying, "Oh, we're going to make him a one-term president." Okay, uh-huh. that and then when he was in his lame duck session, he meaning Obama, and they were he was trying to nominate Merrick Garland for mm. the Supreme Court. Yeah. That yeah. to me, when he when he came out and said, when him, Lindsey Graham, all of those wackos said, we're not going to do this. He's a lame duck president. That to me said, nigger, uh-huh. you better oh, yeah. listen. You're in your you're gonna stay in your place. You you're yeah. yeah, you're in this role, but I want you to stay in your place. So pardon me for the for the explicit language, because I know we have yeah. to probably put that out there. Uh, <laughs> but um, but that's really what it said. It was almost like mm-hmm. uh, um, a flashback to some sort of slavery scene where a black person stepped out of place. That's in air yeah. quotes. Mm-hmm. Negro, yeah. you yeah. stepped out of place. You you better you better recognize we got the power. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it was. And I think that in addition to the society seeing a black man, a black family, a man who loves and adores his wife, black love, all of that. And his children seeing that for eight years is, I know you don't like the word triggering, but I think it was triggering. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's it's appropriate here. I think it's triggering and it makes them want to hold on to power because this is nothing to do about, like you said, it has nothing to do with Trump. Yeah. Trump is involved for sure, but Mm -hmm. it has to do with power. And who, who is holding on to this power? And, and they are seething right now. Seething. They can't stand seething. it. Absolutely. Look at them. Them Negroes is president. They, you know, <laughs> they give it health care. They're happy. There's, no, there's a marriage there. There's daughters. Everybody's smiling. They got a dog. No, I'm pissed <laughs> off at this. This ain't mine. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's, it's, no, it's, definitely. It's in that lane, you know? I got to take my country back. Negroes is in charge of the United States. Exactly. And they're happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes the whole thing, you know, watching these stupid terrorists storm the Capitol, grunting and yelling and screaming. I mean, it was the most bizarre. Animalistic. Yeah. So it was like they were animals. Like, what the hell am I watching? But it makes sense. It makes sense to me. Like they're white people, right? Their their whiteness was under attack. Is under mm. attack, and it, it yes, was they were like animals, animals running wild. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Yes, yeah. yeah. I I don't yeah. understand. Well, I should stop saying that because Carlos will say yes, you do. 
Um, I don't want to understand the hatred. I don't, I don't want to understand the vitriol. I don't want to understand the fact that there, that we are humans, we are human beings. And why should we have to fight for something that is normal? It's normal to breathe. It's normal Mm -hmm. to just live. It's normal to have, have good healthcare. It's normal to, to, to be able to, to feed your family. Like that's normal. Negroes Why? have been wearing signs, I am a man for years. Mm, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm like, hey, but yeah. again, when I saw old boy, was like, oh, he was on the top of the fold in fucking France, like fucking some boat town somewhere. It's like, oh, bro, this, I'm, this is going to happen and this is going to be. Un, types of unseen ugly and I'm not going to put my energy in that. I'm going to put my energy into moving myself and my family forward in the world, whatever shit show it may be. That's it. That's it. Because, like I say, Negroes been wearing signs, I am a man <laughs> for fucking for decades, man. And like it, it's come, and now this is what it is. And, you know, um, and so, it, it, so it, in that, I'm like, my, the whole goal is to make sure that me and mine is good, good, period. You freaking, I, in, that's it, that's it. Yeah, I have a question for you all. It just popped mm-hmm. in my head here. And there's a reason why I'm asking. Are you disappointed in the generation before us, like our parents' generation, are you disappointed at all in them and how they, where they are in this, this uh, space currently? Hell no, they all, they they need to go retire. Retire. They're done, retire. Like, (laughs) not at all though, I I can't just, one, it's hard, certainly this is a bias, but for for black women, no, absolutely not, Mm -hmm. no, Um, because, Every time I go through something, I'm like, wow, this was, it was like this, but this was systemic. This was normal for them. So I just absolutely not, I can't, at least for black women, no. Yeah, I mean, these things are structural. And the, I mean, the other part that for me is a challenge in, this, in, in, in talking about this, this, this way in terms of like a linear history is that there isn't one to my mind right? There is no such thing as history. There is nothing on this planet that is happening right now that has not happened before. The weaponry may be different. That's about it, right? Um, People are humans. We have not, this idea of like, well, we've evolved so far. Elizabethans would have, and they would have been bleeding and leeching. Well, yeah, okay, but to get rid of cancer, they put poison in you, right? So it's like that we, we are doing the best we can we have more information we can live a little longer there's more things we can do but in terms of and when i say more things we can do i'm talking about more ways we can respond to the problems that face us but in terms of there are problems we must solve them and and you know there is no separation for me right so this idea that well if i were my parents generation sounds very much like this idea that we sometimes hear of well if i was a slave i would nigga, no, exactly. <laughs> nigga no you wouldn't shut up you know uh-huh. what i'm saying and white people do the same shit 
Okay. Oh, if I had a time machine, I would have gone and killed Hitler. All right. right. Go. Get at it. Go. Do it then. You saw right. him. I ain't seen you yeah. do shit. So no, you wouldn't. Right. So that's where for me, it's like what we have to ask ourselves is what we are doing individually and collectively and collectively right now to move ourselves forward, having this kind of a conversation publicly and together to move ourselves forward, because while it is important and, and, and I will certainly agree with with the idea d-dub that the that we have to have our life mask on and our life preserver ready the idea that that's it and then we're done right you're never it, done. It, that kind of doesn't that doesn't wash for me because if that's it then then we're assuming that somehow the slave master's tools are going to find us some kind of way to get through and the idea of individuality is one of their main tools, right? So the idea really for me is like, okay, how do we move in a collective to get ourselves to a place of some higher liberation? Yeah. 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 I mean, what? Yeah. I don't have the answer for that. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm exhausted. No, well, yeah. I'm so right? tired. And, and, and we could be tired, right? Yeah. We could be tired. Yeah. Right? Th that's where I'll start looking at, at examples in history. I'm like, well, who was more tired than me? Right. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Every person that's who it. made change. That's it. That's right. Yep. Every person who made a transformation. And, and I'm not going to say that the generation before us didn't. Because if they didn't do what they did, the way that people look at us and talk, and I know they talk about each person on this line this way, unapologetically black, mm -hmm. that yeah. shit would have been out. That's, that's right. out. That would not have yeah. been part of the thing. Yep. So you get to be what you are because they suffered what they suffered and because they did what they did. So we right. don't get to be tired until, we, until, until the race is over. Race ain't over. You, look, you alive? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, right. I can't. I just, I keep thinking like the question made me think about the fact that like Rosa Parks was a a sex workers advocate. She was working, she was advocating on the part of Black women who were sex workers or and or were sexually assaulted. And this was long before. This was before, during, and after she did the bus, the you know, sitting on the bus. In conjunction so with working with the Communist Party, in conjunction exactly. with building the Communist Party in the South. So I'm like, no, no, I'm not just like, damn, I'm not even on her level. Right? Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's why I, um, I keep it in the hall of like, this is how I can move this needle. Because um, it's like, yeah, Rose Parks had that in her. I have what mm -hmm. I have in me, uh, yep. et cetera, et cetera. And mm -hmm. it is not just, there's sort of like no comparison to how one does what one does. But the idea of, I guess it's moving the needle forward, like whatever the soul inside the body is like, it's like, this is how I can move the needle forward. Um, and they wrap around that and they go. Um, and that that's, has a Rosa Parks like, yeah, I'll get arrested. Yeah, I'll sit on the bus. Yeah, because y'all need Rosa boycott for two years. And I'll, yeah, no, I'll do the thing. Um, mm -hmm. She had that in her. Uh, 
Like other the other people in the group was like, so who all gonna do this? Right, you right. Know what I'm saying. Yep. <laughs> but what I what I mean by that though too is that that the fact that I'm thinking about that generation. So you know Claudette Colvin. So she was mm. a darker skinned. You know I think she was 16 or 17, darker skinned girl, a uh, black girl. And she was pregnant, and because initially she was also with the cause too. Initially, when they were planning the boycott, they were thinking of considering her because she was younger, she was a kid. So, but the fact that she was darker skin and pregnant, they were like, "How is this going to work? How is this going to appeal to the masses, i.e., white people?" So I think about that, mm -hmm. and that's when they said, "Who all else?" And wrote, they, they chose Rosa Parks because she was this light skinned little old lady, and mm -hmm. and at the time of the boycott they weren't really trying to bring attention to the fact that she was also fighting for women like Reese Taylor, the black woman who was gang raped by right. white men. Mm -hmm. They weren't trying to they put played that, that down. That they played right. that down. And the, the, the moral issue with Claudette is that she, as a, a underage girl, was also pregnant at the time and unwed. Right. right. And unwed, mm -hmm. right. So mm -hmm. the unwed and pregnant and being that age, because you, you know, remember like, you know, men's is gross, right? So they'd be right. marrying 15, 16 year olds. That's nasty. Right. They would do it, right? right? Grown man, yeah. I'm talking about. I'm talking about grown man, right? Yes. Now, but she was unmarried. And so that put them in a political situation where, right? Again, the group, not Rosa Parks, she didn't decide nothing by herself. Right. The no, group no. decided this makes the most sense. Yep. So, right. And so that and, amazes me yeah. because they were all working through. And against and a, you know with the same shit we're talking about right now, like politics and respectability, colorism, uh, misogyny, misogynoir, they were doing the same thing. Out loud. In we terms just of had different words. Hmm. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate though that I think in doing that, you know, we had all these these various forces, overlapping, intersecting forces to fight against that I just mentioned. I think in doing that, unfortunately, some people bought into it, right? Some people bought into the idea of it's okay for grown ass men to get with little black girls. Uh, some people bought into the idea that being unwed and pregnant is a moral judgment. Right. Um, yeah. They bought into that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And buying into that idea of that American dream, right? Which is, exactly. which again, is an idea that is a, a false idea from jump designed yeah. to convince uh, the the squatters that somehow <laughs> one day they too are going to become the barons. Exactly. And so they got folks walking around thinking that they temporarily embarrassed billionaires and they their money's about to come. Mm -hmm. And black folks was like, yeah, us too. And yeah. well, no, no, actually not you two, not you ever. That's not the goal of this system. They're doing mm -hmm. a different thing. So do we have, do we have not high hopes, but uh, do we have visions that things will change? <laughs> things will move forward and not, and we won't remain in this complacency. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I find myself usually just saying, we just have to wait for a lot of people to die. Mm. Which is a terror. I mean, that. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I look at Mitch, I look at Mitch McConnell. And that's what I think. I mean, not to say yeah. that there aren't people uh, my age and much younger who have the same ideologies, but 
there's also people my age and much younger who don't and mm-hmm. are willing to fight that fight. Yes. And yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah, because I looking, I, I think, sorry. I'm sorry. Looking at the Holly guy from Missouri or whatever, he's like a modern Josh. day Strom, Strom Thurmond. Yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm just like, you know what? Yeah. And I think they know that we're waiting for them to die too. I think they know that. And that's why some of them do what they do. Mm. And that's why they plan so deeply, right? That's where the think mm-hmm. tanks came from. Mm-hmm. That's why they had a list of judges longer than than oh my God. Methuselah's judges. hair yes. to be able to just go ahead and just like, all right, great. Here's your list. Pick anyone you want. They, right. They've all been through that system. But right. 70 million people need to, I'm not saying they need to die, but 70 million people no. voted for, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not saying all of those uh-huh. people are exactly yeah. there. Yeah, no, I'm not saying them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think all 70 million people think exactly the same. Yes, they voted for Trump and there's always going to be a population of people that will make that those kinds of choices. That's mm-hmm. fine. They just can't be empowered. So I'm not, right. you know, yeah. I'm, I believe yeah. in diversity of thought, but no, you cannot, you should not be in power. Um, and if you do commit a violent act, you should be held accountable. Mm-hmm. But and also, to- yeah, out of the 70 million, uh, they probably don't support the, the rioting in the Capitol. However, exactly. they just couldn't see themselves voting for a Democrat. Like they were so right. loyal to their, their party. Right. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, they'll, they'll, I mean, because, right, because we have people who voted for Obama and they voted for Trump. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where those sorts of shifts, that is on the role of the public servant to look at, okay, what am I not doing that they would make that decision? Because that means they weren't, they don't just want someone like Trump because they voted for Obama first. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's also the system, right? You've got two choices and the choices suck. Uh, You know, and and that being rather than being in a parliamentary uh, system, rather than being in a system where we are voting for multiple candidates, you vote for your top candidate, your first candidate, Mm -hmm. your second candidate, your third, and then just keep the votes going rather than limiting it to y'all can uh, be out there on the on the campaign trail for four months, period. A month, period. Right. And this is not all like hypothetical, like bullshit. This is the way that it works in multiple other uh, industrialized countries. Right. Where we have uh, the artifice, at least of of some semblance of a democracy, of a representative democracy. And here we are still talking about whether or not we need to get rid of the Electoral College. But yeah. it is actually being spoken about seriously and deliberately mm-hmm. for the first time since Reconstruction, right? While Obama's existence may have been the wick for this moment, any time, any time that the ones who have been lied to, who have been told you are temporarily embarrassed billionaires, you're about to get yours, their position is threatened that's when it sets off. And that's why we saw the same thing in Reconstruction. If Black folks get it and get a subsistence living, then wait a minute. That means you ain't giving us nothing more than subsistence ever. Mm -hmm. Also, that means we don't have the positionality that we had a minute ago 
because the rule was that we had reign over these black people as well. And so now if we ain't even got that, damn, what do we have? And if you take that, that idea from them by doing it structurally, right? Then culturally, because that's what's left, they're going to act to try to be preservationists, right? That's what a conservative is. They're trying to preserve what is already there. They know what's there. They know how wicked it is. They know how racist it is. They know how sexist it is. And white women are the worst and they're the worst preservationists of all, even though they get a smaller slice of the pie. But it means that they get a slice of the pie if they uphold these systems for these white men. Right. Who, again, are the aristocracy who got all the money, who got all the thing. So, you know, if if we're really going to start moving past where we are now. Then we do have to invest ourselves deeply, deeply, deeply into the politics, because if we don't invest ourselves into the politics, then the politics invest themselves into us. Yeah, that's it. And uh, this is shout out to Stacy Plaskett. She is just phenomenal. I am so happy that she's representing, even though I'm not from the Virgin Islands, but right. yeah, she's amazing. That's such a side right. note. Yeah. Sorry. I, think, yeah. I mean, that's not even a side note. She had to do big things, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's big things. That's big yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, the energy that we need. Yes. Yeah. And on top of that, they are hitting this man where, where he understands, right? Like, and when I say the, they, I'm talking about the system. They're locking up all his money. The bank ain't gonna lend him no more money. He's working with his third string of lawyers now. This is not, now he's about to get actually state prosecuted by Georgia. Georgia, okay. they, they, I, and nobody can give him no kind of like retroactive uh, uh, immunity for that. That's not gonna happen. New York is trying to get him. Florida yeah. wants to get him. Now the hotels are trying to squeeze him out and make him sell his shares. And that's his, that's the only thing he has left in terms of anything that's collateral. Mm-hmm. The reason that the aristocracy can't afford to lose niggas is that we have been their collateral. Yeah. We have been their collateral. White people, we have been their collateral. These white landholders, when they were given land, they were given a bushel and a slave. The slave was collateral, Mm -hmm. right? The enslaved African was collateral. What these people understand, if we want to talk about the system, is their money. And when we can lock that up, and there are ways to do that. You can punish the groups, right? The Proud Boys, the Three Percenters, the QAnon. You can get them the same way they squeeze in Trump. Take their property take their banks, take their money, take their communication systems, then what? Yeah, exactly. There's, I mean, there's ways to get it. We could get it. There's ways to get it. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if these politicians going to do it, but I mean, there's ways to get it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Just like there were ways to keep us from not having an equal playing field. You know, they were promised, we promised, uh, they promised us, uh, what, Lincoln, was it him, before they assassinated him, the 40 acres and a mule, and then we didn't get it. You know what I mean? And the the next president vetoed that and was like, nah, nope. And it keeps, and Lincoln didn't give a fuck. He said, if he said he was a preservationist for the union. Yep. 
if if keeping the union means keeping enslaved Africans, fuck them. <laughs> that was his policy. So when everybody, including us, start getting real happy about Lincoln, I just got to put that out there to remind everybody. Mm. He didn't give a good goddamn about black people. Not one. Except for Frederick Douglass, who, of course, was married to a white woman and had a black woman who he was also married to, who he used as his servant, because, of course, he did. Mm. So, you know, Lincoln, whatever, you know what I'm saying? We, it, it, it's systemic. We've got to get into the systems, into how they keep their money and how we can get it from them. That, I mean, that's it. That's it. How we can reapply that money to the people. They, if they wanted Flint to have clean Florida, it, clean water, it would have it right now. Yeah. Flint could have clean water yesterday. That ain't, they, they knew how to mess it up. And then when the, and then right now, when the president talking about infrastructure, that's where we start sitting back in our chairs and being like, oh, that's boring. Motherfucker, that's where the water, that's, that's Flint. That's Flint infrastructure. That's the, that's the shit. That's the good stuff. We got to get in it. That's where, I mean, we can make, we can make serious movement, right? But we got to do it collectively. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the part that is, made most available, plentiful available, is the thing that we have to avoid because that's, it's the news, it's the people who are published, is Charles Blow, is Van Jones, is these pundits (laughs) who keep us like, oh yeah, maybe if we just get along with the white people. Oh, maybe it is the fault of the South. Oh, how come niggas can't get up? Niggas can't get up because there's a white person with their boot on our throat. It's very, very simple. All we got to do is take the boot off of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But some people, you know, prefer to just lick that boot, you know, as they first. And stop complaining. Yeah. The the complaints about, oh, the stimulus package is too small, blah, blah, blah. Well, don't vote for these people. Don't vote for these people. They don't well, care. They don't, well, the don't voting period is the problem, but I think that's changing because it's really about your local elections that exactly lead mm-hmm. to this, right? Yeah. Say word. That's what yeah. it is. Vote, vote, like go out in masses like they did with Stacey Abrams in, in Georgia and get these assholes out because nobody can live off of $600. This pandemic has been going on for a year. Yeah. Wow. Thank you all so much. This has been <laughs> another cool yeah. and engaging and necessary conversation. conversation. Yeah. Even though Black History Month is every day, and Black History is every day. We are Amen. You know, mm-hmm. Black Futures Month, baby. We were we about to yeah. do this forever. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> so we'll be off. here. Ben <laughs> yeah. will be here. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I know. So where can everybody find you? I know we do this all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think Twitter for me is still better. My website needs work. I apologize. So just, um, what is my Twitter? Uh, that would be a good thing to tell y'all. 
Let me make sure <laughs> I have the right name. It's We Tried to Tell You at Linda Chambers PhD. Mm. That's my Twitter. <laughs> Carlos, where can people find you? Yeah, I'm all over the place. You can find me mm. places. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Caballo Negrito, uh, C-A-B-L-L-O-N-E-G-R-I-T-O for the monolingual. That means uh, Black people speak Spanish. Uh, <laughs> I uh, am also uh, available on Facebook, just my full name, Carlos Kareem Wyndham and uh, available at uh, Smoke and Mirrors or at IG at Smoke and Mirrors CCB, which is for comedy, culture, and blackness. And uh, where else? I mean, I guess that's pretty much it. We're just existing in the computer. You can't find us anywhere. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Damien? Uh, Damien Washington. Uh, my name on all the socials from YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash no stress and that's that's Thank it that's all baby yes and you <laughs> this was a necessary and important conversation thank you so much yes. sometimes you, you gotta just talk around about being blackity black black yeah. oh you gotta talk <laughs> about being black black yeah. black yeah. <laughs> so appreciate you for holding this space thank you Appreciate y'all so much. Appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in to the Myelin and Melanin podcast. You can find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at myelinmelanin. Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.